0: Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. I want to continue the new series that I've started this month. The title is The Jesus Model of Increase. And I want us to read our key text in the book... Of Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Can read it one more time? Ready? Go. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. I started last week by saying that This scripture helps us to answer a very, very critical question that many people have asked. When Jesus was 12 years old, we heard of him in the temple. He disappeared from the parents, and for three days they looked for him. They could not find him, and when they found him, they didn't find him in the disco. They didn't find him in the club. Now, when when 12-year-olds disappear from home, I don't know where they will be found. Definitely, it will not be in church. Now, our teenagers get angry when we talk about church. Our teenagers are excited going anywhere else except church. But Jesus is our example. The Bible says when he disappeared from the parents, they found him in the temple. And he was not teaching the Bible said he was listening to the doctors of the law and asking them questions and learning. And the Bible said that when the parents found him, they rebuked him for, not for going to the temple, but for disappearing without permission. And when they rebuked him, verse 51 of Luke chapter 2 said, he followed them back to Nazareth. He went down with them to and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. He was subject to them. He submitted himself to his parents. And the Bible said, afterwards, something began to happen in Jesus' life. He began to increase in three major areas of his life. And the Bible was very careful to clearly specify. These three major areas that Jesus increased in. Now, the Bible did not specify these three areas for nothing. It's supposed to be an example for us. It's supposed to be an indicator to every child of God that if you want to be as great as Jesus, if you want to be as successful as Jesus was, if you want to follow Jesus as a true disciple, these three areas, you don't have to miss it when it comes to increase. You don't have to miss it. Jesus could have increased in many other areas of his life. But he was very particular about increasing in three major areas. That tells you that these three major areas of increase are very, very, very crucial. And in the year of increase, one of the things I believe God wants us to do is to look at why did Jesus increase in these three things? And how can we also increase in these three things? The first thing Jesus increased in was wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. He increased in wisdom. He did not increase in money. He did not increase in money. And then he increased in stature. Next week we're going to look at what does it mean when about that he increased in stature. Then he increased in favor. Favor with men, favor with God. These three things summarized the life of Jesus from the age of 12 till he was 30. The next time we heard about Jesus, from the time he dis- he, the parents found him in the temple, the next time we heard about him, he was 30 years, and he went by himself to the river Jordan and asked John the Baptist to baptize him. So from the age of 12, to 30, that's how many years? The math students. 18 years. 18 years, Jesus took time to, to invest into these three areas of his life so that they, he can increase. We started looking at the first one. Wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Jesus increased in wisdom. It means every child of God must increase in wisdom. And what is Wisdom. Wisdom is defined as the right application of knowledge. So two people know the same thing, but they apply it differently and they get different results. Success does not only come by knowledge. How you apply that knowledge is what really determines your success. Two people hear the same information, but they make different decisions. Even today's preaching, people are going to make different decisions on what I preach today. And it is not hearing what I preach that will change your life. It is after you heard what you did with what you heard. That is wisdom. The right application of knowledge. Wisdom is applying God's principles to your everyday life. Your everyday life. Your everyday life. God's principles are supposed to be a part and parcel of your life. Not only when you are in church. God's principles are not something you quote It is not something you teach. It is something you do. Wisdom is doing. It's not in teaching. It's not in quoting. It is not in knowing. Applying God's principles to your everyday life situation. How you relate with people. That means your career, your health, your marriage, your finances. Your relationship with your children, your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your colleagues at work, your relationship with your boss, your relationship with your friends, even your relationship with your enemies. Applying God's principles, what did God say about dealing with your enemies? How do you apply that principle? What did God say about your finances? How do you apply that principle? Wisdom is applying God's principles to everyday life and Dr. Mike Medoc defines wisdom as the ability to discern differences in people. All people are not the same. Your parents are different from your uncles. Your father is not the same as an elderly man in your neighborhood. Wisdom is the ability to discern different. Your boss at work is different from colleagues at work. Wisdom is knowing that all people are not the same. And relating with people with that difference in mind. Number two, different in places. All places are not the same. There's a difference between your house and your workplace. There's a difference between your workplace and church. There's a difference between church and the court. That's why there's some like contempt of courts. The way you behave in your house, you cannot behave like that in court. You did not commit any crime, but misbehaving in court alone can land you in jail. Yes, that is why God told Moses, where you are standing is holy ground. Remove your shoes. It is an act of honor. It is an awareness about where you are. Because you can step into a place of destiny and your own misbehavior can mess you up the rest of your life. And it is not a witch. It is lack of wisdom. You can step into a place of destiny, a place where your life is supposed to turn around, but your behavior at that place is lack of wisdom. Wisdom is ability to discern difference, difference in people, in places. You know, one day Joseph was told, the king wants to see you, the king of Egypt. He wants to see you. And the Bible said, Joseph asked for one thing. He said, I want a very clean shave, praise the Lord. Then I said, I want a new dress. And they granted it to him. And when he stood before Pharaoh, he knew that this place is an opportunity for me to change my life or go back to prison. He spoke with such wisdom, with such intelligence, with such care. Listen, what made Joseph's promotion to happen was not just because he interpreted the dream but how he interpreted it. Somebody would have stood and said, oh, Pharaoh, don't worry at all. This dream is small trouble. In fact, put some money down and uh, I will show you something, you know. Put his hand into his pocket, stand anyhow, talk anyhow. And after he's done, he's interpreted the dream, but Pharaoh said, thank you. Find some money for him and let him go. But Genesis 41:38, when Joseph finished talking, the Bible said, Pharaoh said to his servant, Can we find such a one as this? A man in whom is the Spirit of God? Verse 39. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has showed you all this, there is no one as what? There is no one as discerning and wise. Every discerning person is also wise. If you can't discern well, you can never walk in wisdom. Pharaoh could see it. That he was a king. He has meddled with all manner of in intellectuals before, but he saw that Joseph was different. And this is a man who lived all his life in prison. So, environment is no excuse for foolishness. Environment is no excuse. Your background is no excuse for foolishness. He lived in the prison from the age of 17 till he was 30. No, from, the, from slavery to prison. When the, when the brothers sold him, he was 17. When he stood before Pharaoh, he was 30. So, for 13 years, he was deprived of his freedom and rights. But nobody can take away from you the ability to grow your wisdom. Nobody can take that away from you. And this morning I pray that no matter your situation, no matter what you are going through, no matter what is happening in your life, one of the things you must never let happen to you is failure to grow in wisdom. You must never let it happen to you. And I'm going to show you why. Proverbs chapter 3. Why? Why? Did Jesus have to increase in wisdom? And why is increasing in wisdom so important? Because of the rewards that he brings. The rewards that wisdom brings. He said, happy is the man who finds wisdom. This year, may you find wisdom. In the name of Jesus. Because when you find wisdom, you'll be a happy person. You, do you know you can have money and be sad? Yes. Have you met rich people who are sad? But you can never meet a, a wise person who is sad. That's why you cannot compare money to wisdom. Wisdom is far higher than money. Happy is the man, and for that matter, the woman who finds wisdom. And the man or the woman who gains understanding, for her proceeds, her proceeds are better than the profits of silver. And her gain than fine gold. So Jesus knew, if I get wisdom, is better than getting money. Her proceeds are better than the profits of silver. I'm still in verse 14. And again, the gaining of wisdom is more than gold. So maybe today you should not be praying for money. You should be praying for wisdom. Because money is not always cash, money is value. Money is not always physical cash, money is what? Value. And if all you run after the rest of your life is physical cash, you will be poor. Because (laughs) Proverbs says that it puts on wings and it flies away. It flies away from people who are not wise. The process of wisdom is better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. Verse 15. She is more precious than rubies. Rubies is, is one of the currencies that money was measured in in Bible times. So is that... Wisdom is more precious than money. And all the things that you may desire cannot be compared with it. Everything you desire. Houses, cars, good dressing, good marriage, good children. What else? Talk to me. Everything, money. Did I mention money? At least you be the number one. Everything you can desire in life, you cannot compare it to wisdom. That is what the Bible is saying. How many of you believe in the Bible? That is the Bible. He said everything you desire in life, you cannot compare it to wisdom. Wisdom is far much more than every other thing. Verse 16. Length of days are in her right hand. And in her right hand, riches and honor. (laughs) So you may not be running after money, but when you find wisdom, money will run after you. Which one do you want? Running after it, you never find it. It runs after you, you never lack it. Oh, my God. You run after money, you never find it. You never have enough of it. Have you met some rich people and wondered, what is he looking for again? Have you ever d- seen that before? Oh, yes. He said, like, this guy has money, but still. Because when you run after money, you never have, feel you have enough. But when money is running after you, you never lack it. And somebody, another son of my voice, it shall not be long. Money will be looking for you everywhere you, you turn. It shall not be long. Money will be running after you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It shall not be long. When people are waking up, roaming up and down for money, you will relax. In the name of Jesus. Length of days. I in her right hand. Length of days. Long life. Lack of wisdom is the number one cause of untimely death. Let me say that again. Lack of wisdom is the reason why people die early. Satan is not the reason why people die. Lack of wisdom is the reason. Let me suggest to you that people who die at 80, 90, and even 100. Satan hates them too. Believe me. Satan hates them very well. I have a grandmother in the village. She's over 100. She still cooks by herself. She still does everything. Nobody stays with her. She's alone and healthy. But when you sit with her a little, you will understand why she lives so long. Her daughter died at 80. The daughter is the, the mother of my uncle, Jones. My uncle's mother is dead. Her grandmother is alive. But when you sit with this woman, you understand why she is alive. Her daughter died, I think, four years ago at the age of 82. Wisdom produces long life. I declare over your life, by the wisdom of God, you will not die before your time. You will not die before your time. You will live to see your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren in the name of Jesus. Nobody can kill you when you walk in wisdom. Nobody can kill you. Nobody can kill you when you walk in. They can attack you, but they cannot kill you. In her right hand is what? Length of days. Length of days. And in her left hand, riches and honor. It's sad how can somebody be rich and not respected. Have you met people like that? Wisdom will give you not only riches, but also honor. Riches and honor. It's not enough to be rich. But you must be rich and respected. Not just call honorable as if it's just a title you carry. But truly in your life, you are respected. Honor is not a title. It's the genuine respect you have earned by the operation of wisdom in your life. Verse 17. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. And all her paths are peace. Peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. And happy are all who retain her. Wisdom is a tree of life. That means when you have it, you can always pluck off its fruits. It's multidimensional. It attends to every area of your life. It blesses you everywhere, in everything, in everything you do. Everywhere you turn. It's a tree of life. A tree of life. It means that as long as you are alive, you can benefit from its effects. No matter where you are, no matter the situation you are in. And that is why Jesus increased in wisdom. And where was he? Nazareth. How was that place? Horrible. Nazareth, in Bible days, was one of the most notorious places in Israel. It's a place where anytime you mention the name, it's associated with only bad things. Jesus deliberately decided to live there, to be an example that Your environment is not the reason for your failure. Your environment is not the reason for your failure. Being a villager is a mentality. It has nothing to do with which village you come from. Being a villager is a mentality. There are people born in the city, live the city all their lives, but they are villagers. Jesus lived in, listen, I was in Nazareth. It's now a very big, beautiful city. But the excavated sites of the Bible days, Nazareth is still there. It is believed that it has only 11 houses and a few other tents around. There was one synagogue in it. It wasn't a big city. Joseph lived in in all manner of deprivation. Joseph lived in deprivation, obscurity. He was deprived of a lot of rights and privilege. He never enjoyed the privilege of a good home. That's why I tell all young people. If you think that your father is rich, that means you are going to be successful. You are just completely deceived. If you think that the neighborhood you lived is the reason why you are going to be great, you've missed it completely. Your success in life has nothing to do with how much money your parents have. Your success in life has nothing to do with which neighborhood you lived in. What kind of shoes you wore to school, it has nothing to do what kind of food you eat at lunch at school? It has everything to do with what you do with your life now. The kind of wisdom you develop. It has nothing to do with what kind of car did they use to bring. Say, take it to school every week, every day. And every now and then. You and I know. I have been to school, so I can tell you. Most of the time, it's the rich people's children, who bring the textbooks. We, we who are intelligent, we don't have the textbooks. And if you don't bring it for me to keep it, I won't teach you and there are many rich people children who are you and I our classmates where are they some of them don't go for dining because their chop box is full with provisions some of us before they ring the bell we are ready for action because you dare not miss dining what are you talking about how can you how can i miss dining it has nothing to do we can occur they take you to school it has everything to do with what you are doing with your life today in school if all you do Is fool around, misbehave. You don't even know how to wash your clothes, but you have boyfriends and girlfriends. Then you know you are a disaster ready to unfold. Proverbs 4, chapter 5. Proverbs 4, verse 5. This is what the Bible said. It said, get wisdom. You know, there's no way you read in the book of Proverbs that it said, get money. It said, get wisdom. Because see, the Bible knows that when you have the wisdom, the money will follow. So the Bible went behind money. And gave you that which attracts the money. You can come to the place of attracting money. May you come there in Jesus' name. May you come there in Jesus' name. Yeah. Get wisdom. Get understanding. That means wisdom does not jump on people. Never, never, never. Sit down, fold your hands. I'm waiting for wisdom. It doesn't jump on people. You go get it. You go and get it. And God doesn't give wisdom to those who lack it. Otherwise, there will be no fool on earth. Wisdom doesn't obey the law of osmosis. From high concentration to area of low... No, wisdom doesn't doesn't have any understanding for that law. How many of you remember osmosis in school? The reason why there are still fools in our society, in our families, fools for life, is because God doesn't give wisdom to those who lack it. He gives it to those who desire it. He said, do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Verse 6. Do not forsake her. Do not forsake wisdom. And she will what? Preserve your life. Love her. And she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you are getting, get understanding. That's it. Exalt her. And she will promote you. She will bring you to failure. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. When you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace. That is favor. said, is a crown of glory she will deliver to you. The rewards of trading in wisdom is so much. You can't afford to ignore it. The benefits of wisdom is too much. You can't afford to ignore wisdom and still... Be a Christian who wants to make it in life and be successful is not possible. It's not possible. So, the important question, how do I increase in wisdom? Number one, pray for it. Number one, pray for it. Number two, number two, commit to serious Bible study. Number three, associate with wise people. If I couldn't explain all, the Lord will give you understanding. Three keys to increasing in wisdom. Number one is what? Pray for it. Somebody say pray for wisdom. James 1 Verse 5, he said, if anyone lack wisdom, let him ask God. Let him ask who? God. Who gives to all liberally and without reproach? And it will be given to him. That means God is eager to give everyone wisdom. But he doesn't give it because you lack it. He gives it because you desire it and you ask for it. You desire it and you ask for it. But the question is, if anyone lacks it, So you must have a sense of lack. You must see that, no, I need it before you ask for it. Until you agree and accept that I need it, you cannot ask for it with the right attitude. That means you don't ask for wisdom so that you can show that you are a wise person. Wisdom is not for boasting. You don't ask for wisdom so that you can use it to bully people and show everybody how foolish they are and how you are the only wise man in town. That is not the purpose of wisdom. You don't ask for wisdom to display. You ask for wisdom for yourself. For yourself. Lord, how can I become better in life? How can I make progress in life? How can I become successful? In the midst of all these challenges that surround me, how can I still break through and be successful and fulfill destiny? Lord, how can I give me the wisdom that I need. I'm praying like, Lord, I thank you that, you know, when I look around my whole family, you know, I I think I'm the wisest. And looking at the way people are behaving foolishly in this family, I think you should give me a little more wisdom so that I can continue to show them the way. That alone tells you I'm not a wise person. The book of Psalm 27, verse 11. It said, teach me your way, O Lord. That was David's prayer. And lead me in a smooth path. Some over you say in a straight path. Because of my enemies. You see? This is a man who taught Solomon the importance of wisdom. If I read the whole book of Proverbs, it's David's teachings to Solomon. You know why David came to understand wisdom? Because he needed it so badly to live. Every day was life and death for David. Every day of his life was life and death. And when he landed in Saul's palace, it was more terrible. Every day was life and death. Even when he became... The king, life was still not safe for David. His own general was the greatest threat to his life. Joab, David said, I won't touch him. I know what he's capable of doing. And David did never felt secure because of Joab. His own son tried to, to overthrow him. Teach me your ways. That is how you pray. Lord, give me money. Give me money. No, pray, Lord, give me wisdom to know how to become a multimillionaire. Show me how I can, can take this business from this corner, and turn it into an international, global industry. That is how you pray. That is how you pray. Lord, what am I not doing right that is causing my finances to remain the way it is? That's a better way to pray than every day. God, give me money. Lord, give me money. Lord, give me money. No. Teach me your ways. Teach me your ways. The book of Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse 18. He said, open my eyes. And of course, he was not talking about... David was not blind. So I'm talking about his physical eyes. He was talking about understanding. So that I will see fantastic things in your word. The word of God is loaded with immeasurable volumes of wisdom. But you can read it and it will be stories to you. You can read the Bible and it will be stories. You can hear preaching upon preaching. You can attend seminar upon seminar upon seminar. In fact, you can meet some of the most brilliant people on earth. And all you ask them is money. You see, anytime you meet somebody richer than you, don't ask him for money because any money a rich person gives you, it will finish. It will finish. Money is not always cash. You see, cash has one behavior: it will always finish. I read about a man who won lottery in the U.S. five million dollars, and he became poor in three years. It is not a witch, please. Brother, five million dollars and some of the wealthiest people in the world today. They started with nothing. Nothing. When you meet somebody who is richer than you, stop saying in your head, won't you give me something right now? The worst thing you can do to yourself is when you meet important people and you are not looking for anything else apart from money. It's the worst thing you can do to yourself. Do you know why? Because that's the least you can get from an important person. Money is the least. You see, if you meet an important person and say, take this, he's just telling you, you are not worth much. You won't like what I'm saying, but it's the truth. Can I say that again? If you meet a very important person, he take his wallet and he said, who wants some? That's our problem. That's our problem in Africa. But Alex, that's the problem. The worst thing that can happen to you. Young people, I know you, you understand this one. Some of the old guys, it's too late. I can't change their mind, but the young guys, Yes, when you meet important people, you need them to give you endorsement. Endorsement. You need them to to give you open doors. They open one door for you. One door. And you will never lack again the rest of your life. But the cash he gave you, it may finish the same day. But an endorsement will, will amplify your value and cause your value to skyrocket up there. An important person can give you one advice. One advice. One idea from today, don't do this like this. Do this this way. He has helped you for life. And the most important one, important people, they can introduce you. They can what? He can take his phone and make one call and mention your name. I'm sending somebody by the name Maxwell. You are finished in life. You have made it in life. You're just standing there and all you are thinking is, won't you give me something? Won't he give me something? This man is wicked though. So the way I'm standing here looking at him, oh, God is not even talking to him to give him money. From today, you are delivered from that. In the name of Jesus. Open my eyes that I may behold. Wonder. You know, one day Solomon prayed for wisdom. Hello? 1 Kings chapter 3. He said, I give you. the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said what? Well, ask what I shall give you. Oh, if it was today. If it was somebody in the life gate. I said, Lord, thank you finally. You have remembered me. I need millions upon millions upon millions. I need a big car, big house. Solomon had all that opportunity. Verse 6. And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. See, Solomon was... So smart. It was not by accident Solomon was the one who succeeded David. Because Solomon never saw the throne as his right. He never saw the throne. Oh, it's my, it's a, it's a family dynasty. No. It's, he treated it as a privilege. He was a smart guy. That's why God bypassed Adonijah and gave the throne to Solomon. Because it takes wise people to sit in a place of prominence. No, 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 no. You don't, it, it doesn't take a fool. Verse 7. Now, O oh Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father, David. But I am a little child and I do not know how to go in or how to come out. The Solomon was acknowledging his incompetence before God. Solomon was acknowledging his limitations. That I am powerful on the throne, but I lack something. I lack something. I don't know how to go out and how to come in is a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a proverb. It simply means, I don't know how to make the right decisions. And your servant is in the midst of your people, whom you have chosen a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may walk, that might be discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge these great people of yours? He said, give me understanding so that I can discern right. That is wisdom. Ability to discern difference between right and wrong. Ability to discern between right and wrong. It's easy to discern between good and bad. But to discern between right and wrong, it takes wisdom. Because as something is good, that doesn't mean it's the right thing. It takes wisdom to know this one is good, but it's not right. The timing is wrong. Singing is not bad. You can't sit in courtroom and start singing. Singing is not bad. But you cannot sing in courtroom when the judge is thinking seriously. So wisdom is not ability to discern between bad, good and bad. It's a discerning between right and wrong. ten. The speech pleased the Lord. That Solomon has asked this thing. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked what? Long life for yourself. Nor have asked riches for yourself. Nor have asked the life of your enemies. But have asked for yourself understanding to what? Design justice. Behold, I have done according to your will. See, I have given you what? A wise and understanding heart. So that there has not been anyone like you before you. Nor shall any like you arise after you. May you receive that level of wisdom. I said, may you walk with wisdom like Solomon. In the name of Jesus. I have also given you what you have not asked. Praise the Lord. God said to Solomon, because you asked for wisdom, I will also give you what you didn't ask. In other words, wisdom will automatically bring you other things you did not ask for. I see that happening in your life this year. I see that happening in your life this year. In the name of Jesus. He said, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you are, like you among the kings of all your days. So if you walk in my ways to keep my status and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. All through the life of Solomon. No, no king was richer than him. All through his life. No king on the planet was richer than Solomon. Do you know why? Because no king was wiser than him. Solomon in his days was offering consultancy to many kings around the world. They traveled to him. That's why the queen of Sheba traveled all the way from Ethiopia to Jerusalem carrying caravans of wealth and gold to go and give him. He was sitting in Jerusalem. The wealth of the world was traveling all its way to, to him. I see money looking for you. I see wealth and riches coming after you. Receive it in Jesus' name. Number two, how can I increase in wisdom? Number one is what? Pray for wisdom. The whole of this year, pray for wisdom more than you pray for any other thing. Every day, pray for it. And pray with the right attitude. Number two. Commit to serious Bible study. 2 Timothy 3:15. 2 Timothy 3:15. He said, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. From childhood, I pray that our children will know God from childhood. In the name of Jesus, the Bible said, from childhood, Solomon he knew the holy scriptures. Parents, let's buy Bibles for our children before we buy them phones. Today's children, can, they can get to any site on the internet faster than some of us. But ask a child, ask any teenager here to open the book of Jeremiah. They will have to go to table of content to see whether it's in the New Testament or it's in the Old. And please, parents, let's not laugh these things off. It's serious. It's serious. Bible said the Holy Scriptures they are able to make you what? Wise. Inside the scripture is volumes of wisdom. The wisdom of God. In fact, the whole scripture is God's mind briefed and packaged into a document. So when you read the Bible, you are receiving God's mind directly. God's thoughts. And nobody can be wiser than God. That's why his word is loaded with wisdom. You know, Psalm 119 verse 98. He said, you, through your commandments... Make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. David said, your commandments, which is talking about the law. Because at that time, the Bible was not complete. We didn't have the New Testament in the days of David. All he had was the five books of Moses. He said, they are always with me. These days, Bible is not always with us. Social media is what is with us. WhatsApp. We spend minimum of three hours on WhatsApp and zero on Bible. Many of you here, you don't read the Bible even once a week. Once a week. And there are many of you here, you don't read the Bible every day. Why? Because you don't even know its purpose. You don't know its purpose. You don't, you don't understand its value. Jesus said to the disciples, John 8.31, 30, John 8.31, He said, if you are my true disciples, then Jesus said to those Jews who believe on him, if you abide in my word, abide not visit. Some of us will visit the Bible, even though it's in, in our house. Once a while, if I went, I don't tell carry but your Bible is wondering, hey, what happened today? Jama, some witch is chasing you. Because your Bible is not used to you every day. Even where it is right now, you can't tell. It's in the rumor, but you can't tell. And the sad one is, many of you don't even have a Bible. Can you imagine what it means for a Christian not to have a Bible? Yeah, but we have all kinds of oils, all manner of oils. Back to send that oil, Holy, Holy Ghost fire oil. You have it. That day that oil. You have all manner of oils, but you don't have Bible. That oil will do nothing for you without your knowledge of Scripture. If you abide in my word, you are my what? Disciples indeed. Who is a disciple? A student. A learner of a particular religious leader, that's a disciple. Jesus said, my true disciples are the ones who abide in my word. That means today's Christians, many of them are not true disciples of Jesus. They are just churchgoers. You just want to use God to solve your problems. You don't have a relationship with him. Because if there's a relationship between you and somebody, you talk to him, he talks to you. That's the basis of relationship. There's the communication that goes on in every relationship. The, the only definition of conflict is a breakdown in communication. The only way I can tell that this lady and her husband have a problem is when I realize that they don't talk. And many of you, you are living like you and God. You have a conflict because you don't talk to him, you don't pray, and he doesn't talk to you. You don't read his word. Some of you, you talk to him, but he doesn't talk back because you think he's a, a machine that you use. That's why you talk at him, but you don't listen to him. You just want to use him. You can't use him. God is a person, your creator. He saved you so that you can become his child. He loves you and he wants you to have a relationship with him. And the basis for that relationship is the level of communication. I'm repeating myself, the level. Because there are different levels of communication. Can I shock you? If you read the Bible... 15 minutes every day, you'll finish the whole Bible in six months. It's researched and found out. Six months, you'll finish Genesis to Revelation. In 15 minutes of serious Bible reading every day. If you read the Bible 30 minutes every day, you should finish the whole Bible in one year. That means at least the laziest of Christians, every year you should cover the whole Bible. Where you'll be tomorrow has nothing to do with how nice your phone is. It has to do with how much volume of knowledge is adding to you on a daily basis. Invest this year into scriptural materials. There are many good study Bibles. When you have it, you, you will know the Bible more. Because it makes it simple. There are certain scriptures, now you are something. Why did Jesus say, well, the thing has been done for you, breaking down with commentary and everything. Inside one book. So you don't need to struggle. It gives a lot of preambles and background history and the geography and the cultural context and everything. Get study Bible. Bibles. God, this Bible is not cheap play. It's not for cheap talk. It's not something you just carry one scripture and go and stand and entertain people and make people laugh. People's destinies are at stake. A word from the Lord. But before somebody comes out and say he has a word from the Lord, it is out of a diligent study. Not from a lazy cheap talk. That is what will make you realize there are people you don't need to listen to. Because they know nothing in the Bible. They know nothing. The Holy Scriptures is able to make you wise. This year, I want to challenge every member of the church. Commit to the Bible. Study the Bible. Pastors, let's study the Bible. The only reason why people will listen to us is that we have something to say. And if we don't study, you have nothing to say. If you don't study, you have nothing to say. And if you have something to say, you won't look for the opportunity. Opportunities will be too much for you. Last one, number three, associate with wise people. If you want to increase in wisdom, you have to be very intentional about your associations. One executive life coach, his name is Jim Rohn. He said, you are the average of the five closest people to you. I wish it wasn't true. You are the average of the five closest people to you. That means you don't associate by accident. You don't associate by default. You associate by intention. Proverbs 13, verse 20. Look at it. It said, He who walks with wise men will be what? Wise. That means by just associating with a wise person, you become wise. It said, But, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. That means if all the people you associate with are foolish people, you and them all, your end has been prophesied you will be destroyed. And I've defined who a wise person is. So by now, you should know who to relate to. Associated wise people means you must be intentional about who the kind of people are your friends. Not everybody can be your friend. And when good friends change, change them. I don't believe in lifetime friendship. I don't believe in that kind of, old friends are the best. I don't believe in that. Some old friends are the best. Some are not. In fact, some old friends are the worst. When friends change, change them. And don't apologize because it's about your destiny. You can't come and mess me up with your, your life. Proverbs 27 verse 17. He said, iron sharpens iron. But what happens? So a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Proverbs 22 verse 24. I need to read the scripture. Proverbs 22 verse 24. He said, make no friendship with an angry man. And a furious man do not... Go. Why? Lest you, you what? Learn. Associations is a learning process. The closest people to you are the ones who disciple you. If your closest friend are gossips, you are a gossiper in a short while. In a short while, I can tell. That's why I am not only concerned about how good people are. I'm also concerned about who they will associate with. You can be good. But your associations can make me careful of you because I can tell that your goodness is going to be corrupted soon. Lest you lend his ways and set what? A snare, a trap. That means association can become a trap. Many of you here, if Satan wants to get you so easy because your weakness is the person you're associating with, that person has become the portal of access by the devil to you, by the devil. That's why important people are careful, even who drives them who is the cleaner in the house. Because if the enemy wants to get you, he's thinking about your driver, your house help, your accountant, your security. Ah, that one is more important. Your your security. When you are sleeping, you think he's awake, watching after you. you Associate, that means be intentional about your friend. This year, I want to ask you, who are your friends? Where are they taking you? Number two way of associating with wise people is to learn From successful people. Learn from who? Successful people. That's how you associate with wise people. There are people you may never meet, but their success is so important. You need to learn from them. That's why seminars are important. That's why conferences are important. That's why the internet is important. The internet is not a place to go wasting hours on frivolity, listening and watching rumors who has beat his wife, Who has become pregnant out of wedlock? Who has divorced his wife? Who has done what? The internet is a place of fast learning resource. You can take your phone and get to a pornographic site. When I take my phone, I'm looking for another smart person to inform my mind. And you go to the YouTube. If you are in business here, there are successful business people out there. You can associate with them without ever meeting them. Yes. You going say with to them. They are on the net. They are on the internet. They are on the internet. You can have access to their wisdom very easily. Instead of sharing people's rubbish, sharing people's rubbish. Sometimes I study a lot just on my iPad with an internet in the house. I want to know what does this person has to say about this matter. Sometimes it's an unbeliever. But you see, wisdom has no respect for your religion. It has every respect for principles. Oh yes, in my library, I have I have more books written by unbelievers than believers. It's sad. Uh, I wish it wasn't the case. Because sometimes you take a believer's book, you are wondering where you are going. It's so full of rubbish, unresearched information, so porous information. You just put it somewhere. Associate with wise people. All the wealthiest people in the world. They are on the net. It will change your life. The third way to associate with wise people is read books authored by experts and renowned people. Every author puts his thoughts in papers. That is why every wise person has a library. Let me say that again. Every wise person has a library. I didn't insult anybody. I am just saying, every wise person has a library. So whether you have, you don't have, that's up to you. Books. And books are so cheap. But the amount of information one book can offer you can can take you a lifetime. Can take you a lifetime. So when you meddle with experts and great minds through their books, you are associating with them. You are interacting with their wisdom. You are allowing your mind to interact with their wisdom. There's no reason why you will not increase in wisdom. So whatever you do, somebody has done it and is successful. Whatever you want to do, Whatever you want to achieve, somebody has achieved it and has written a book about it. Whatever you need right now, somebody has it and has written a book about it. Whatever you want in life, somebody has it more than enough and has written a book about it. When you start reading, it's not a witch, it's lack of wisdom. This year, I pray God will bring every one of us to the place of increase in wisdom. May your wisdom increase above measure. May your wisdom increase to unusual levels. In the name of Jesus, I pray over your life that the Spirit of God will increase you in wisdom. I pray over your life that this year you will be diligent and passionate in your quest for wisdom. And I pray that as your wisdom increases, may everything about you increase. Your wealth will increase. Your favor will increase. Your riches will increase. Your peace will increase. Your health will increase. In the name of Jesus, everything you are looking for, by the increase of wisdom, may come to you in great measures. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. Contact Reverend Hubert on 030 340 7970 or 024 33 11201. Remain blessed.